Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring dream-accelerating inspiration. I'm Jeff Meyer, your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach. My goal with this podcast is to help you identify and clarify your own dream by taking wisdom from others' successes and challenges. If you're looking to take action on your dream, to make a difference doing something you love, but your fears are holding you back, then this podcast is for you. If you're interested in finding additional support, you can also check out my Dream Accelerator coaching program designed to help realize your full potential and reshape your future. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator program at jeffmeyer.org. Using my Dream Accelerating formula, heart-centered entrepreneurs can focus on their dream, name their fears, change their mindset, define their next, and move forward anyway. Welcome back, fellow dreamers. It's good to have you with us on our next episode of our Move Forward Anyway podcast. And I am really excited to have Lauren with us today. Uh, Lauren Niedabitz from uh, Houston, Texas area. We're so grateful. Uh, It's been a while since we've uh, talked face-to-face. There's a lot that's been going on in your life in the last... uh, couple of years. Um, so grateful that you're willing to come and share a little bit about Neat Designs and uh, some of the work you do, where that dream started. Why don't you just introduce yourself uh, to the audience today? Yeah, so Lauren, uh, we just moved here by we, I mean myself and um, two young children. Um, I grew up in Houston and my whole family is here and wanted to be back near family. Um, as you alluded, a lot has happened in the last year, um, which we'll, I'm sure, talk about more, but at the passing of my husband, it just kind of meant we needed a new start or um, maybe just a new journey. So just recently moved back here and I'm opening up my shop and stuff again. So trying to get all that going, but um, yeah, otherwise a, a kind of stay at home mom and just trying to do my best to take one day at a time, which is not easy for this personality. So, uh, yeah. Well, tell me about that personality taking one day at a time and uh, learning that, learning that rhythm. Well, um, I'm a, I'm a planner very, very far in advance, you know, in college, um, the professors would hand out a syllabus you know, at the beginning of the semester for the entire semester and who went back to their dorm room and mapped it all out and started on the papers the first day, (laughs) this girl. So (laughs) very much a planner, stress out when, um, when there's not a good plan. I'm not a a spontaneous person, um, or at least was not. Um, And Chris, my husband was the more laid back, the more don't stress. This is not a big deal. Things are not a big deal. You're making it, you know, and he was my balance to that. And I think after being married to him for what was almost 15 years, maybe that rubbed off on me a little bit. <laughs> so now I, I kind of channel my inner Chris voice sometimes. And it, it reminds me that life doesn't have to be so planned, especially when you have young kids or, um, when you believe in a God who changes your plans sometimes uh, and has his own plan. So um, there's a lot less stress and just 
trying to focus on today and realizing there's enough there's enough worry for today and there's enough grace for today. I don't need to worry about tomorrow so much because all those things will be there as well as, you know, along with God's love and grace with, with all of those worries. So, um, just trying really hard to focus on that and, uh, be at peace with, with living that way a little bit more and realizing, all right. So anxiety isn't so high when I focus on <laughs> just today. Yeah. Working on it. <laughs> that's a great. Uh, that's a great mindset to have as an entrepreneur because in order to grow a business, it takes planning, it takes organization, and it can be stressful when things don't go the way you want them to go. Um, have you seen uh, a difference in your work? I know you've taken a little bit of a hiatus here the last month or so to move and right. get things organized. Uh, you're working out of your home. Um, so you're, you're planning, I mean, you're moving forward, but have you seen a benefit to learning that side and adding that side to the planning component of your personality? I think so. Um, I think, uh, sometimes if I have this vision in my head of, you know, things to make or the way things should work, and then if I try it and it doesn't work the way I want it to, um, all right, it's just wood. I can, I can take it apart. I can sand it. I can fix this or scrap it because it was probably scrap wood to begin with. Um, so it is, it is helpful. I think in, uh, giving myself grace when I'm working in a, in a workshop <laughs> setting, um, of realizing, you know, a painter oftentimes will paint over their own work or start over. It's the same thing. It's, it's also art. It's just, um, allowing yourself to to try different things and see how it works. As long as you don't cut a finger off, then yeah. you're, you know, you're okay. <laughs> wow. Um, so you've, you've alluded a little bit there in uh, terms of what you do with neat designs. Why don't you talk a little bit about um, what you do? So um, when I opened my Etsy shop back when um, we went to seminary, so we were in St. Louis, I was, primarily sewing things um, because my mom at a young age, you know, she taught me how to sew and crochet and though. So that's what I did because you can do that in your small seminary housing unit. Um, but then once we moved back to Texas and we finally had more space and Chris got all of his tools back out of storage, then it progressed into woodworking. And by that, I mean like the signs and home, de you know, home decorations and he would, make it and then I would usually paint it or do the writing or whatever um so most of the stuff that I do now is is wood because I like to I like to work with tools and things like that so um making home decor and things like that and then bringing it inside in the air conditioning and painting it um whatever that means I'm trying in the last year or so have progressed a little bit more into um paintings and stuff because I worked part-time at our previous school as the art teacher. So um, that included a lot of painting and planning in that way because I couldn't necessarily take 50 pieces of wood for kids to paint. So it has, you know, just kind of has molded into whatever I was working with the most. But um, most of the stuff I make is, is just home decor and custom orders out the wazoo. I mean, most of the stuff is hey, I'm going to a wedding and this is their verse. Can you make me this? Or there's confirmation and this is their confirmation verse or 
um, I need my really long German last name on a sign. Can you make this for my house? So um, lots of customers, which is so much fun to know that there's only one of those things out there. And yeah. um, that's kind of neat. So when we lived in Giddings, I think I infiltrated 75% of the homes in getting. So I needed to move on just to have different clientele, I think. <laughs> now you're now you're in Houston. You've got a lifetime of yes, a lifetime of homes. These homes. <laughs> leaving your mark. I love yes. it. <laughs> so where did the interest you'd mentioned mom uh in sewing, teaching you how to sew? Where did the interest come in uh doing this and and saying, you know, I'm pretty good at this? Uh, I could probably make a living doing this, <laughs> probably earn some income right. uh, doing this on the side. What, where, where did this spark come from for this? Well, I think the original one was a friend telling me, Hey, you should put your stuff on Etsy. And that was back when I think Etsy was newish. I had no idea what it was. So I looked it up and I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Um, so that was the original. And then as I mentioned, when we got back into a, a home when Chris took his first call, um, I was making just a few random things and someone there had mentioned, hey, you should do a craft show. I'm like, oh, okay. I think I've been to about one in my life, but sure. So I started doing craft shows. Um, and by that, I mean, maybe two or three, there was one in Giddings and then I would go to either Austin or Houston or whatever. And that was, for me, those are so much fun. I never went to them growing up. And as a person now, if I weren't making crafts, I would not go now. It's just not my style of shopping, but being on the other side, it's a lot of fun just having conversation with people when they walk up um, and being able to tell them my story um, or things like that. So that was a big aha moment. I don't know, or just a, yay, I like this type of thing. Um, and then it just, you know, I liked working on things at home. I, I Would I consider myself an artist? No, I don't, I don't. I don't put that word on myself for some reason because I don't feel like I live up to that title, but I, I have to remind myself it is, it is something that I can do and I love to do. And not everybody has that ability, just like other people have different abilities that I could never even fathom myself doing. Um, it's just something fun for me and it's relaxation. You know, when I sit at my table at eight o'clock at night and I'm writing on a big sign and it's just, I don't know, it's just peaceful. It doesn't feel like work. It just feels like, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what the word is there, but um, it's just a nice outlet for me. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, when Chris and you moved to Giddings and he got his tools back and I remember, <laughs> I remember a couple of times when I was down there working with uh, the church um, he would mention uh, needing to go get some wood or something. And that th this was a shared, this yes. was a shared venture very much. So, right. I mean, he kind of introduced you to the wood. Is yes. that, did I, right. You were not even into the wood. He kind of no. introduced you to that. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea, honestly, how to use any tool, including uh. like a drill. Probably <laughs> like I had no, I had no idea. So that's what I'm saying. The man would make the stuff and then bring it inside. He'd put this big stack of signs on the table and then I would start writing. And he loved, he loved to do it because he would, um, in the evenings after the kids would go to bed, he would go outside in the garage. We had a really nice garage shop in getting, so it worked out perfectly for us. And he would go out there and he would put in his headphones 
and listen to books on tape or the Bible or write a sermon while he was woodworking. He had his he had his big study Bible out in the garage, and I <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was writing a sermon shortly before he passed away. And I didn't want to touch the Bible for the whole year. I finally, when we moved, I'm like, I have to pack this up. But he loved, he loved being outside and he loved helping me. And he was my biggest supporter. He would give me ideas or he would say, yeah, go do that craft show. I'll make it work. Even if they were on Sunday morning, which is obviously hard when he's a pastor. Um, But he, yeah, he was a big supporter in that. And I, I loved that to have someone be willing to say, yeah, try this. You may not make any money, but you might make some. And I think after a while, he loved it even more because I could buy more tools. I love your business because it buys more tools. More tools. (laughs) Exactly. Finally, I think about, I don't know, a year and a half ago or something, I'm like, dude, you need to show me how to use these tools. I don't like the thing that got me was I would go to craft shows and people would say, Oh, do you make all this by yourself? Does your husband do everything? And like, well, he doesn't do everything, mm. but he does do half of it. I don't like giving that answer as much as I loved having his help. I wanted to also be able to say, Oh yeah, but I can also make these. So I had him slowly start teaching me how to use all the tools, um, which premonition, that was great because then, I can still do this because otherwise I would have yeah. been able to. So he, you, you kind of forced his hand a little bit and he was willing and uh, he passed that on to you. Um, yes. He, I don't, I think he did it reluctantly because uh-huh. he knew that there would be times when both of us would be working in the garage and he didn't like that. <laughs> he wanted his alone time. He wanted his alone time because there was a TV out there and he wanted on Saturdays, he'd watch football. Well, we would choose different football teams to watch. So, to, you know, uh, we had to just pick different times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, he, you guys were such a good team with this uh, and loving to do this, even though you weren't in the garage at the same time, a lot right, of times yeah. you were, you were partnering in a way that worked for the two of you. And that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot on this podcast, the name of it's move forward anyway, because we all run up against fear, obstacles, barriers that we have to push through to continue to build the dream or to do what we're doing. Um, and certainly the sudden loss of your husband, Chris, was a, a just a massive uh, loss and interruption to your life, uh, let alone to neat designs. How right. have you... How have you in in life, I, even more than neat designs, but I, I certainly want to talk about that too, but how have you moved forward and not just want to give up um, <laughs> when you lose your, the love of your life? Right. I, I, how, what um, have you done to move forward? <sighs> the first thing I did was I bought a new car. <laughs> Okay. I moved forward. There you go. This is what's weird. And I say that jokingly, but Chris had just bought a new truck. And I mean, really, it was three months old. And I loved that truck, but it was pointless for a young mom to have. The only reason I needed a truck was when I needed to go buy wood. (laughs) So so we I merged the two cars and bought a brand new one. And it's like all I need is one where I can buy a six foot long board and slide it in the back 
and it just comes straight up to the front. So it, it fits still, it's fine. Um, that was the first thing. And it was the strangest thing to finally, not finally, that was only a month after he passed away, but it made more sense so I could save money. But um, to have something that he was not a part of was very strange to me. I wanted to call him up and say, do you like my new car? Like, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird to do those things. And, you know, the we stayed in Giddings for a year and because that made sense. Um, we had a good setup and the kids were loved at their school and supported and it was great. Um, but then, you know, I finally was like, okay, we need to, we need to move on. Chris would have wanted that. There was not, um, we loved the people there, but there wasn't a ton keeping us there because we didn't grow up there. I was not, I didn't have family there. Um, so we picked up and moved and I, I feel like while it was a very hard decision and a tough thing for all of us, it is the right thing because everything has been, all the right doors have been open. I have not had to do much of anything as far as selling my home, finding a new home in this crazy market, um, finding another part-time job, all those little things. And so I, this was the right time. This is the story God wanted for us and it's, Mm -hmm. working so that's you know um a big portion of the moving on um as far as the woodworking and things i i stopped it after he passed away for a few weeks but not very long because why you know i that was that's my outlet you know when i'm in the midst of all this paperwork and trying to figure out insurance and um all that stuff which is a mess I just sometimes wanted to push that away and write or paint or yeah. go cut wood <laughs> so um you know that was a big part of it too and then I think as much as I hate it for my children um for them not having their dad to have young kids is an easy way to keep moving forward because you can't stop yeah. You can't stop. They don't stop. You know, I can't just give up. I can't not make dinner or uh, pay the bills or make sure they have the right clothes for school. We have to keep going. So, um, you know, I think that's a, a good and a bad thing to have that mindset of one day at a time, we're just going to keep trucking forward. But at the same time, I have to make sure, am I allowing myself and all of us to grieve through this process? properly but maybe there's not a proper way I don't even know um but that's really all I know how to do after this year is just keep yeah moving because I know there's a good story there we have a great story I know there's more to this so we're gonna we're gonna keep going <laughs> yeah I, I love that I think I don't think there is a one way there is a right way it's it's your way and you find it doing something you love I, I love that it's a release for you it's a it's a blessing for you to do your work. Mm. Um, I think for those of you who are listening, uh, one of the things when you think about uh, clarifying your dream or what could you do, um, find something you love to do. And, uh, you know, that gives you peace and a blessing when you do it. it right. You can, you can make a living and, and work almost doing anything these days. Why not pick something you love to do? Right. Right. Um, yeah. And then I love what Lauren has shared in, in terms of she didn't know 
she didn't know all the things that it was going to take to be able to make these products. She's, she's taught herself. She's had Chris teach her. So you can learn new things too um, and expand your, your reach and your creativity. So um, yeah, so that's, that's wonderful. Have the kids, have the kids gotten involved in the, the production line at all? Do they get, do they have some time to create with you? Well, okay. So every now and then they'll come outside and want to help me, but then they'll realize it's really hot and messy. So that doesn't last too long. Um, Funny thing, like, because I've made a lot for our new house and some of it, I realize this would not be smart for me to try to hang by myself attached to the wall by myself. So I have to acquire a child to help me. And that's, you know, yesterday I taught my daughter how to use a level and those, you know, that's, so it's the, um, maybe it's the conscious way of teaching her how to do that. But I think what's, this is really funny is that she, my daughter, especially she's nine, loves to do art, go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and about, <laughs> about two years ago, I realized whenever I would, ask her if she wanted to paint she would say yes but she never wanted to paint on paper anymore it always had to be on wood Mm. so she chris or i would go outside and quickly cut like a heart or here's a scrap piece paint this somehow um and so we ended up with all these random pieces of painted wood (laughs) i don't know what to do with but i get where she was coming from like i don't even paint on paper anymore and when we left our previous school one of her teachers gave her like a going away gift and it was a box of scrap wood because she knew Lily loved to paint on wood. She had told her about that before and said, yeah, I, I don't, you know, it's either canvas or it's something out in the garage, no paper. So um, I think I've <laughs> her seeing me do that has rubbed off in that way. Um, I think eventually they'll make it outside a little bit more when it's cooler, maybe, but um yeah, so they have their own way of, of helping. It's just um, not always the safest setup in the garage. So maybe I need, to, I need to wait until they're a little older. My children love to run around life barefoot. You don't do that in a garage when there's nails and sawdust and everything. So. <laughs> oh, a lot of times, a lot of times people uh, pursue a dream um, the source of the dream is to fix something that's broken or uh, to meet a need in the community that they see that they can make a difference in, or sometimes it's to solve a problem that they've discovered in their own life, Mm. you know, and create it. Something's not out there. So I'm going to make it. What's the, what's the problem or the, the, the solution that you provide with your work? Um, as far as the purchaser person, I wouldn't say it really solves much of a problem other than that they realize they have a space in their house they need to fill and they don't want to go to Hobby Lobby and mm. that. but find the same saying as 50 other people. So, um, I think that's, you know, I, I, people take down their Christmas decorations and they realize, oh, I don't have anything there. I'm going to ask Lauren, you know, so filling that problem, I guess, but I think it was more of like, as you mentioned, more of a personal thing. Um, Just because like I said, we went to seminary and I had left my job as I worked at a church. And so I left that when we moved 
and lived in a small apartment with two young children while my husband went to Greek and Hebrew all day long. And I needed something to do. And I thought, what am I going to do when I grow up or for the rest of my life? Anyway, I think it was that because I realized I would probably never work in a church setting like that before since my husband would be. Um, I figured I needed to find or figure out something else, but that I could do from home while I'm watching two kids, you know, so it, it was solving that problem, I think. Yeah. Um, and it just continued, you know, once we got out of seminary, well, then I still had kids coming home half day and then, um, one was at school all day and one wasn't, and, uh, there wasn't a lot of jobs necessarily in a small town. So what can I still, you know, um, I think it was solving that problem. And even when he passed away, one of the first things I said to my mom was, I don't have a real job. What am I going to do? I, I really did freak out thinking I'm going to have to give this up and find a real job, you know, that I probably wouldn't enjoy. And that's that I struggled with a lot. But then I thought, how am I going to do that with two young kids at home? You, yeah, I mean, that balance is something or that lifestyle is not for me. It works for a lot of people and that's impressive, but it's not, it's not my personality. Um, so I still needed to figure out how to be able to do this because I needed, I need this and I want to have joy in whatever I do. And I know that's not always practical and I know it would make more sense for me to take a full-time job that has benefits and pays more or is um, consistent. But I think I'm a better mom yeah. that I get to do something that I'm happy doing and I enjoy doing and I can um, help pay for things that way, um, at least for right now. And I pray that that continues and, yeah. uh, or God really opens my eyes to see how I can make this grow and work better for our family so that I can always be able to do something I love to do. I hate to, I'd hate to give up this because it's yeah. something that still ties me to Chris and that's mm -hmm. important. Absolutely. And it brings you joy and yes. And you can be mama and you only get to be mama for those two ones, those, those little ones for one lifetime, right? I know. Yep. And there's nobody else that can do what you do. So I'm thinking about the niche. I'm thinking about the people that are in your boat, single parents, um, not just single parents, maybe moms of little ones that are feeling the pinch right. of going to work and leaving their kids and wanting to do something they, they love and they're good at and be available for their children. What would you, what word would you speak to these uh, people who are listening to this podcast and in the similar life's uh, experiences you are experiencing right now? Oh, um, I, I think it's really important to find pride in the things that you are able to do. Um, because there are a lot of times where I, I try to come up with fancier words to t when someone asks me, well, what do you do for a living? You know, moving here, my neighbors would ask me that because they know nothing about us. I'm like, well, I make a lot of noise in my garage. Sorry, <laughs> you hear an air compressor, it's my house. Um, so it's it's weird to tell them, well, I, I have my own business. And so then they're expecting like this big 
oh, what do you do? Like, I cut wood and make decor. And I don't need to do that. I'm downplaying myself. I'm also downplaying um, people who create artists, you know, which runs the gamut of a lot of stuff. Um, so finding pride in what you are able to do. We all have our niche. We all have our abilities. Um, I know as a person, I'm not the greatest at doing homework because I'm not great at math anymore or social studies. And thank goodness I have other people in my life that I can text and say, do you know the answer to this question? That's their niche, not mine. Um, but this is mine. So people can go into a store and see something or go somewhere and see something they like and say, well, I, you know, I could maybe try to attempt to make them. I no, but I know a person who could do this better. Yep. So realizing the things that God has given you and doing that with joy and with pride, even if it doesn't make you money, it doesn't have to make you money as long as yep. it's something that you enjoy doing, because if you're a parent or whatever, again, I think it makes you that much better of a parent when your children get to see you doing things that you really enjoy. I don't want to come home from work and, and gripe about my day in front of my kids because yay, now I get to go into the workforce. I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. um, I think that's a good example. Really good. Thank you, Lauren. I, I think there's another piece of that is like, don't lose yourself uh, in the midst of the serving and the caring and the loving right. that you're called to do. You, you still have gifts and capacity. Um, yeah, that, that's really good. Take pride right. in what you do. And what you have to offer. What are your What are your current biggest challenges? You said uh, I think it was maybe even before we hit record on this call. You you said that you finally got the garage set up. Yes, uh, the work garage set up. Um, that's a challenge. Obviously, moving is a challenge. But as you build uh, and relaunch your Etsy site, um, what are your biggest challenges that you're facing right now? Um, yeah, I think that was the biggest one right off the bat is, you know, when you move everything gets dumped into your garage, like, but that's where I, that's where <laughs> you know, I do we, the were work. At, we were looking at houses and I jokingly, but not said, I don't really care about the kitchen. I'm more concerned about the garage. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So getting that set up was very important to me and it's very hard in Texas in June to want to go outside. So, um, and then doing that kind of by myself. Uh, because not that people weren't offering to help me. That's, I have so many people willing to help, but for some reason within the last year, I've developed this good and bad. I want to do this on my own type of thing. Like I almost like I'm needing to prove something to myself, um, which maybe is a, a good and a bad, like I said, that I need more confidence in my abilities, but I also need to rely on other people. So with that, Yes, I had that all set up. Not as ideal as our original setting, but that's okay. I'm going to get used to that and then it'll be fine. Um, otherwise, I think the biggest challenge is just kind of re, not reinventing, but just kind of re-launching, maybe is what you said, myself in a whole new area. I do know a lot of people here, but where we lived before, it's like my name had already kind of spread or people knew where to go or who to ask if they needed something to whatever. That's different here, um, obviously. So I think that's going to be a challenge, but that's all right. Again, it'll it'll work out. Um, 
the one that sometimes does keep me up at night is the, is this going to be enough type of thing? Um, you know, because, oh, single income, that's hard for, for two kids. Um, and just the way life is right now. So, um, I think as that's the, the mind game challenge of trying to figure out how I can make this work best. And what is that line? Um, of if I ever have to realize this is not going to be enough or whatever. Um, yeah. I yeah. Probably the, that's probably the biggest struggle in my personal dealing with it. That's really good. I think a challenge might be also the, you do, you do personal designs. You don't do, you're not manufacturing hundreds of the same thing. And so how do you scale that and have enough space to scale that and make enough from that to make a living, right? Right. Right. Um, I want to give you an opportunity here uh, near the end of our discussion to just um, share something that I didn't ask, you know, what would you like to share to someone who is listening to this and getting a spark in their own mind and their own heart about, you know what, I, I have something I have always wanted to do. I've always wanted to try, but I've been afraid. Um, what would you say to them today? Well, for one, you never are going to know unless you try it. I've been telling that to my kids a lot. Um, as they're at soccer camp right now. And my daughter is very much like me, does not like competition. And so she was reluctant to want to go do this. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're never going to know if you like this unless you try. It's just trying. Um, and I know as an adult, especially things seem bigger when you have an idea, that's scary. So to say, you're never going to know unless you try. I know that seems cliche and but you're not. <laughs> I mean, there, there are so many pieces of random art in my house because I wanted to try it and then it didn't sell. I'm like, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> I just eventually will just have this montage room of just all the things that never sold. <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, you're, you're never going to know. But um, again, I think it's just finding people that are encouragers for you you know, I, I like to, when I am struggling with this, I know the people that I need to go to, to have that boost of confidence. Obviously the first one was Chris. Um, and he got me through a lot of tough times with, you know, the stress of getting ready for craft shows or, um, things like that. But there are certain people I know that believe in what I'm doing, or at least, um, have that pride for me when I don't. Or will say you need to charge more. You are underestimating yourself. You know things like that that you need to. Yeah. Um, so I think, regardless of what you're doing, just knowing the people and surrounding yourself with people that encourage you and and give you that that word when you are kind of down and out about. Well, is this you know a good idea? Should I try again? No, you're never going to know unless unless you try. It's like making dinner. I don't know if it's going to taste good unless I try it and I ended up in the trash, but. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Those two points are huge. Um, I I think of a, a, I think it's a Chinese proverb. The way is made by walking in it. You know, you just, you're never going to know if you don't try and surround yourself with people that are your encouragers. Um, Chris was certainly that, and that's a huge hole, right? Um, Right. 
but there's others that can uh, come alongside and are. And right. I love well, that. and you know, you say that, and this is odd. It just kind of came to my mind. I see the encouragement that Chris gave me through my kids. There, my son, all of a sudden, you know, he's. I, we have more wall space here than we did before, and he's like, "You need to make." one of those paintings that you see in a, I saw one the other day in a store and he was telling me about it, whatever. So I'm like, okay, we're going to try this painting. And whether he means it or not, I don't know, but the kid can play it off really well if he doesn't mean it, but his words, you know, and I, mom, you can sell that thing for so much, so gorgeous. You know, just like, I feel like it's like a, it's a mini Chris, you know, still encouraging Chris. me and saying, I love it. You know, <laughs> that is so great. Yeah, I, I I bet he believes it, and I bet he means it. Yeah, yeah, we can learn so much from our kids. They can <laughs> usually speak, we'll speak the truth. <laughs> yeah, they can speak such life into us. You're so pretty, mommy. Right. You know, just or little. That, that wasn't your best. You yeah, can do better. <laughs> you can do better. <laughs> and I love that. I love that you can. You should charge more. Um, I think that with so many heart-centered entrepreneurs that I deal with, they, we sell ourselves short yeah. we, with the value that we add with our work. Um, that's a great encouraging word. Right. Well, I think a lot of times we think this comes easily to me. That doesn't mean that you take it for, or, you know, I always have to remind myself if I'm selling lower, that's actually hurting other people who do a similar you know, because it's underestimated. So it's just a, yeah, yeah. you're right you're though. Doing something you do really well, naturally, the thought can come in, well, I shouldn't charge much because it's easy. Well, no, that's your gift. That's your, right. that's your unique gift to the world. So right. that's awesome. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. It's so delightful to talk to you. Um, I'm sorry for your loss. I, I miss seeing Chris, I, I used to see him once a month when I worked mm -hmm. with Emmanuel and we had so many great conversations and it's so hard to believe he's gone. Um, right. So I uh, appreciate you. appreciate your journey. Um, uh, thank you. It's just a delight to talk to you. Thank you. Um, yeah. As we close here, I want to give you an opportunity to share where people can get in touch with you, where they can see your work. Um, what are some of the places you mentioned Etsy? How do they get mm -hmm. on Etsy? Some people are like, what's Etsy? I mean, by now <laughs> most people know, right. but there probably might be some that don't. So how can they get a hold of you? Plus you go to Etsy and then your mind is just. Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> what? Um, yes. So I do have my shop open on Etsy under neat designs. Only a small portion of my things are on there because again, like I said, most of my things are custom orders and Last time I checked, wood is very expensive to ship. So um, I only have certain things on Etsy, but that is one place. Most of my uh, um, conversation or orders are done through Facebook. So my Facebook page is still neat designs um, and people message me on there or I post current projects um, and do most of my orders through that. Awesome. So and just to be clear, neat designs is spelled N. I E T correct. Yes. Designs yes. Um, both on Etsy and on Facebook. You can yes. follow Lauren, see some of her work, communicate with her directly. If you have something you saw, 
uh, at a store that you want to make a little tweak to and uh, have her create or like, I love that uh, you want to give some wedding gifts away or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Um, She does a lot of custom work and would love to hang some of uh, her art in your home and, and let her be a part of your story. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. I love the way that you say earlier in the interview, how, um, you know that you have a bright future and a and that God's got more in your story. Right. Mm-hmm. That keeps you moving forward yeah. anyway. Promises so. that, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. And sometimes it's really hard to believe because right. we're hurting. Um, but uh, it's true. It's true right. nonetheless. And that's why we keep moving forward to discover what that's going to be. Yeah. Warren, thank you so much for taking the time thank you. Thursday. And blessings to you and uh, your family. And if I can ever encourage you in any way, uh, don't hesitate to reach out, all right? Thank you. All right. Hey, fellow dreamer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, jeffmeyer.org, for all of the show notes and links. And when you're ready to move from overthinking about your dream to actually taking action on it, consider joining the Dream Accelerator community. Our clients are getting crystal clear on their dream with our Dream Generator Vivid Description 5-Step Process. They're discovering the truth about fear and how to use it as fuel to take courageous steps in the right direction. Most importantly, they are walking a clear path forward because they have made an investment in themselves to confidently realize their dreams. The results are so inspiring. Having coaching and companions on the dream journey is crucial. Remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.